الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإن شرح في الكتاب صفة صلاة النبي من التكبير إلى التسليم كأنك تراها written by محدث ديار الشام محمد ناصر الدين الألباني رحمه الله نعم Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to summarize that which was recited yesterday and today, inshallah ta'ala, all of the points bi'idhnillahi al-kareem. We're going to give a summary and a khulasa uh, of yesterday what was read and today, inshallah ta'ala. The author, rahimahullah, mentioned 31 things, inshallah ta'ala, 31 points. We're just going to go through those 31 points bi'idhnillahi al-kareem regarding the second rak'ah that the author, rahimahullah, mentioned. He said, the first thing is, ثم ينهض معتمدا على الأرض بيديه المقبوضتين كما يقبضهما العاجن إلى الركعة الثانية وهي ركن Then he gets up supporting himself The author says Then he gets up supporting himself upon the ground with his fist clenched like one who clenches his fist when, kneeing, when, when doing basically um, the uh, dough like he does so he stands up for the second rak'ah and this is a pillar. The second one inshallah ta'ala is he does in the second rak'ah the same as he did in the first rak'ah. That's the second point. He does in the second rak'ah the same as he did in the first rak'ah. The third point that the author rahimahullah mentioned is uh, In the second rak'ah the person does not recite the opening supplication. He doesn't recite it. Point number four. من الركعة الأولى. He should make the second rak'ah shorter than the first rak'ah. He should make it shorter than the first rak'ah. The author, the fifth point, he said, so when he finishes the second rak'ah, he sits to perform the tashahud, and this is obligatory. فَإِذَا فَرَغَ مِنَ الرَّكْعَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ قَعَدَ لِلْتَشَهُدِ وَهُوَ وَاجِبٌ if the person finishes the second rak'ah, they sit to perform the tashahud, and that is obligatory. Point number six. The person sits upon the left foot, laid flat, as preceded with regards to the sitting between the two prostrations. And in muftarishan, we mentioned what it means. It means that one of your foot, you sit on it, and the other one you stand it. So the person, he sits upon the left foot laid flat as preceded uh, with regards to the sitting between the two prostrations. Number uh, seven, the person, However, it is not allowed for you to be sitting uh, upon the two hills for this sitting. You're not allowed to do iqa'. You cannot do squatting like the dog. Number eight. وَيَضَعُ كَفَّهُ الْيُمْنَى عَلَى فَخِذِهِ وَرُكْبَتِهِ الْيُمْنَى وَنِهَايَةُ مَرْفِقِهِ الْأَيْمَنِ عَلَى فَخِذِهِ لَا يَبْعُدُ عَنْهُ The eighth point is um, it is not allowed for him to sit whilst resting upon his hands, especially the left hand. Number nine. 
he should not clench, I mean, clench all the fingers of his right hand, placing his thumb uh, onto his middle finger sometimes. Number 10. وَلَا يَدُوزُ أَنْ يَدْرِسَ مُعْتَمِدًا عَلَى يَدَيْهِ عَلَى يَدِهِ وَخُصُوصًا الْيُسْرَى Number 10. Um, so number 9 was what? وَيَبُسُطُ كَفَّهُ الْيُسْرَى عَلَى فَخِذِهِ وَرُكْبَتِهِ الْيُسْرَى It is allowed to sit upon the two hills for this sitting. وَلَا يَدُوزُ أَنْ يَدْرِسَ مُعْتَمِدًا عَلَى يَدِهِ وَخُصُوصًا الْيُسْرَى and it is not permissible for him or he's not allowed to sit whilst resting upon his hands, especially the left hand. Mm-hmm. Number 11, he should clench all the fingers of his right hand, placing uh, his thumb onto his middle finger sometimes. Number 12, وَتَارَةً يُحَلَّقُ بِهَا حَلْقَةً And at some, and at other times or sometimes, he may make a circle with his thumb and his middle finger together. وَيُشِيرُ بِإِصْبُعِهِ السَّبَابَةِ إِلَى الْقِبْلَةِ He should point his forefinger towards the Qibla, direction of prayer. وَيَرْمِي بِبَصَرِهِ إِلَيْهَا And he should fix his gaze upon his forefinger. وَيُحَرِّكْهَا يَدْعُو بِهَا مِنْ أَوَّلِ التَّشَهُدِ إِلَىٰ آخِرِهِ And he should move it, making supplication with it, from the start to the end of the tashahud. وَيَفْعَلُ هَذَا كُلَّهُ فِي كُلِّ تَشَهُدِ Number 16. Uh-huh. Sorry, number 17, sorry. وَيَفْعَلُ هَذَا كُلَّهُ فِي كُلِّ تَشَهُدِ and he does this. No, sorry. وَيُحَرِّكَ يَدْعُو بِهَا مِنْ أَوَّلِ تَشَهُدِ إِلَىٰ آخِرِهِ That's number 15. Okay? He moves his finger, um, making supplication from the beginning to the end. وَلَا يُشِيرُ بِأُسْبُعِهِ بِأُسْبُعِ يَدْهِ الْيُسْرَىٰ And he should not point with his left finger. Number 17. وَيَفْعَلُ هَذَا كُلَّهُ فِي كُلِّ تَشَهُدٍ and he should do this in all of his tashahud. Number 18. What tashahud wajibun? The tashahud is obligatory. Ida nasiya sajda sajdatain is sahwi. If he forgets it, then he does uh, the two prostration for forgetfulness at the end of the prayer. Wayaqra'u sirran. And he reads it. Number 19. He reads low. And he doesn't say it loud. The tashahud, he doesn't say it loud. Number 19. Number 20. Wasiratuhu, and its form is to say, Attahiyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibat. The author mentions some of the forms of the tashahud, the wordings for the tashahud. Number 21. After that, the person sends salutation on the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The person, he sends salutation. On the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number 22. If you want to shorten, you can say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad. 
That's the summarized version that you can do. 23. The author then says, Then he may choose, the person may choose. The person can choose um, any of the reported supplication that please him and supplicate to Allah with that. Then the person must, he must, then say Allahu Akbar. And the Sunnah is to say Allahu Akbar whilst sitting down. And sometimes he can raise his hands. That's 25. 26. And then the person gets up to the third raka'ah. And it's a pillar as it was um, the raka'ah uh, that came after it. It's a pillar like the pillar to come after. وَكَذَلِكَ يَفْعَلُ إِذَا أَرَادَ الْقِيَامُ إِلَى الرَّكْعَةِ الرَّابِعَةِ And number 28 is, he does the same if he wants to stand up to the fourth rak'ah. The 28th point, the author says, وَلَكِنَّهُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَنْهَضَ يَسْتَوِي قَاعِدًا عَلَى رِجْلِهِ الْيُسْرَى مُعْتَدِلًا حَتَّى يَرْجِعَ كُلَّ عَظْمٍ إِلَى مَوْضِعِ 28. Um, 28. Before getting up, he should sit up straight, sitting upon his left foot, such that every bone returns to its place. 29. Then he stands by supporting himself upon his hands, just as he did in getting up from the second rak'ah. 30. The 30th is, the person must recite Surah Al-Fatiha in the third and the fourth rak'ah. And the 31st point, he said, Sometimes he may also recite an ayah or more in addition to it. Now. So that's a summary of what the author rahimahullah, said regarding the second uh, rak'ah and the third rak'ah and the fourth rak'ah. The author rahimahullah, he speaks about al-qunut. Al-qunut is a special invocation for calamity and when it is um, a problem that has befallen the ummah, then it is it is a sunnah to do the qunut. There are a couple of issues that the author rahimahullah brought that we, meet, we need to mention inshallah ta'ala regarding the qunut. The first issue is what does the qunut mean? The qaf and the noon and the ta, qanata. It revolves around the re- meaning of al-ta'atu wal khayru fiddini. It revolves around the concept of obedience and doing good in the religion. And originally it means al-ta'a is to obey. That's why the Arabs they say If a person steadfast upon the path. That's why Allah said to Maryam Ya Maryam uqnuti li rabbiki wasjudi uqnuti ya'ni ati'i rabbiki Obey your Lord, Maryam. Listen to what your Lord commanded you. Be a slave who obeys him. 
Naam. That's what it means. But in the Sharia, it means, um, and that which is benefited from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and the meaning that is taken from the hadith of the Prophet, is that the Qunut, it means um, the supplication and the um, invocation that a person does uh, at a time of calamity and hardship. Naam. Um, it is Akhiru Salatil Layl. It's the last thing in the night prayer. Um, the person, for example, they pray and they witr and then they pray the Qunut. Uh, they do it there. That is the dua you call unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The point number two the methodologies are the views of the scholars regarding Al Qunutu Lil Witri. The madhabs of the scholars, the views of the scholars uh, in regards to the qunut in witr is as follows. Okay, is as what? Follows. The madhabul hanafiya, the hanafi madhab, they yaqnutu fi salatil witri, they do qunut in salatil witri fi jami'il aam in the whole year. And they do not do qunut in any prayer other than the witr, the Hanafiyyah. And they do the qunut after the recitation but before the ruku'ah. The Hawi mentioned that. He said, as for Imam Al-Tahawiyu, he mentions that there's no problem in doing the Salawat Al-Jahriya from the five daily prayers. He said there's no problem in that issue. That's what he said. Naam. Now, the madhab of Al-Imam Al-Imam Malik, madhab al-Malikiyya. The Maliki madhab, they believe Al-Qunut fi Salat al-Subhi is a virtue. Salat al-Subhi, the Qunut is a virtue. In the last rak'ah, in the whole entire year. And they give virtue to be done before the ruku' and after it. And they believe that it's not a sunnah to do qunut in the witr. Madhab al-Shafi'iyya, the Shafi'i madhab. They do qunut after raising their heads from the second rak'ah of Salat al-Subh. After the Imam says, Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Then they say, Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt. In the whole entire year, they do it. And they do qunut بعد الركوع في الوتر في النصف الأخير من شهر رمضان. And also the, the last part of Ramadan, Shafi'iyya, after the ruku' in the witr prayer in, in Ramadan, they do qunut. And if there is a nazila, يعني a calamity that befalls the ummah, they also do it in the five daily prayers. The Hanabila, 
they do qunut in the witr in the last rak'ah fi jami'il am in the whole year ba'da ruku'i after the ruku' or after the recitation before the ruku' and according to them it is disliked qunut in other than witr unless there comes to the muslims a calamity other than ta'un yani the hanabila they don't believe that ta'un is a nazila to do qunut because they believe that the ta'un amwas when it happened they didn't do qunut uh, they believe that um mas'alatu thalitha the third mas'ala that we need to know is ar-rajih fi dhalika what is the strongest opinion in all of those madahibs that we mentioned that the strongest opinion is it is permissible to do qunut of witr after the recitation of the Quran, قبل الركوعي, before the ruku' وبعد الركوعي, and even after the ruku' is permissible. But what is most, what is better is after the ruku' because it's transmitted from the majority of the Sahabas. And what shows the permissibility of before the ruku' is the narration that has come from Asim, who said, I asked Anas ibn Malik عن القنوت فقال كان القنوت قلت قبل الركوع أو بعده يعني عاصم said I asked Anas ibn Malik about the qunut and I said to him قد كان القنوت I asked him about the qunut and then he said to me there was qunut and then I said to him was it before the ruku after the ruku and then he said to me قبله before it Anas ibn Malik said to me before it um, so that narration shows that it was before it. Then he said, فَإِنَّ فُلَانَ أَخْبَرِنِي عَنْكَ أَنَّكَ قُلْتَ بَعْدَ الرُّكُوعِ And also he said then to Anas ibn Malik, Asim said, but someone else told me that you said after the ruku'. And then he said, كَذَبَ إِنَّمَا قَنَتَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ بَعْدَ الرُّكُوعِ شَهْرًا He said he lied. إِنَّمَا قَنَتَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ بَعْدَ الرُّكُوعِ شَهْرًا The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم, he did um, قنوت um, the messenger did qunut after the ruku' one month. And one month the messenger was making dua on some pagan Arabs in which he sent 70 men to them. But he did it after the ruku'. Those narration scholars, they brought them together. Some narrations show that the Prophet did it before and after. So there's no issue in that regard. So it can be done after and before. Naam. Let me summarize this point, inshallah ta'ala. 12 points. I'm going to summarize it in 12 points. Point number one. It is a sunnah that, it is perfor- that, the, that he, the person performs a special invocation. Yani the qunut and supplicates for the Muslims when some calamity strikes them. Point number one. Point number two. It is to be said after the uh, ruku' after he said, Rabbana wa lakal hamd. So Albani, rahimahullah, he believes that it must be done after the ruku' but we say both of them, inshallah ta'ala, there's no problem. Number three. There is no set supplication for the Salatul Qunut. There isn't no set dua for it. Rather, a person can make whatever supplication is suited to the specific calamity. 
Number four, وَيَرْفَعُ يَدَيْهِ فِي هَذَا الدُّعَاءِ The person should raise their hands whilst making this supplication. Number five, وَيَجْهَرُ بِي إِذَا كَانَ إِمَامًا If he's an imam leading the people in prayer, he should raise his voice with his supplication. Number six, وَيُؤَمِّنُ عَلَيْهِ مَنْ خَلْفَهُ Those who are praying behind him, say, Amin. Oh Allah, respond to this. Number eight, Number seven, sorry. Number seven. فَإِذَا فَارَغَ كَبَّرَ وَسَجَّدَ When he finishes and he says the قُنُوت um, then he does the takbir, he says Allahu Akbar and performs the prostration. Number nine. وَمَحَلُّ قَبْلَ الرُّكُوعِ خِلَافًا لِقُنُوتِ النَّازِلَةِ Number nine. وَمَحَلُّهُ Its place is قَبْلَ الرُّكُوعِ Before the ruku' خِلَافًا In opposition to the قُنُوت of the نَازِلَة The قُنُوت for the witter prayer Then it is prescribed to say it um, Before the ruku' In opposition to the qunut of the contempt uh, of a calamity, of a calamity. Shaykh Nasr, that's what he believes. Number 10. The person should make the following supplication. Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt, wa'afini fi man a'afayt, wa tawallani fi man tawallayt, wa barik li fi ma a'atayt, wa qini sharra ma qadayt, fa'innaka taqdi wa la yuqda alayk, wa innahu la yadhillu man walayt, wa la ya'izzu man a'adayt, tabarakta rabbana wa ta'alayt, the person should say that. The person should say that. Then the person does ruku' and the person he should perform the bowing ruku' and the two prostrations should do it as uh, has proceeded. Naam. So the author, rahimahullah, he talks about the final tashahud, the final tashahud. The summary of the final tashahud is the following. Number one, the person, he should sit for the final tashahud and both are obligatory. The first and the final tashahud, um, according to Sheikh Albani, is obligatory. Number two, he should do in it what he did in the first tashahud, number two. Number three, except that he sits with his left hip resting upon the ground in the final tashahud. That's the third point. The fourth point is his right foot should be placed upright upon the ground. Fourth. Fifth, it is allowed to lay it down flat sometimes, your leg. And number six, he should lean heavily upon his left knee with his palm supporting himself in that manner. Now, this, the author, rahimahullah, he mentioned that it's obligatory that the person supplicates for blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu in this tashahud. And we have mentioned some wordings for this in the section on the first tashahud. So the author, rahimahullah, mentioned there the um, things that a person should be saying and uh, the, uh, that which should be said in that uh, place. The author, rahimahullah, mentioned it. Now.
The author, Rahimahullah, here he speaks about the that it's obligatory um, to uh, seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refuge from four things. So the person must say, Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from the punishment of the hellfire, number one, and from the punishment of the grave, number two, and from the trials of living and dying, number three, and the last one which is, and from the evil traits of the false messiah, yani dajjal. Those four, you must seek refuge in Allah from it. It's wajib in the final tashahud. The author, rahimahullah, goes into the supplication dua before the salams, before you say, Salamu alaykum. What are the uh, duas that you make? The author mentioned 10 dua that you make. Um, so the person is one of two. He either memorized one of these 10 or more, then alhamdulillah, he reads those. But if a person hasn't memorized any of those and he hasn't got any of those memorized, then he is allowed to recite uh, any dua that is easy for him, that he knows uh, he wants to read other than these 10. Um, and it will benefit, but as long as it's something that's asking Allah for uh, benefit for the hereafter and your worldly affairs. But it's highly recommended that you try to memorize one of these 10s, at least more than one, as we mentioned. Uh, the issue of that you change between the ibadat. Naam. The author, Rahimahullah, here he mentions. Um, now, Father, read that part as well. The author, Rahimahullah, here he goes into the final part of the salah, which is a taslim. Which is your final taslim. There are a couple of points that the author Rahimullah mentioned. Write them down. Number one, um, the person uh, he should give uh, salutations to the right side, and this is a pillar, turning his face uh, such that the whiteness of his right cheek can be seen. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's number one. And the person fully turns to the right side where their cheek can be seen. Good. Point number two that the author Rahimullah mentioned here is that he then gives salutations to his left side, turning his right such that the whiteness of his uh, left cheek can be seen, even if it is the funeral prayer. That's the second. Uh, so, this is the process of his whiteness cheek can be seen. So, you turn yourself to the left again and you must do that. That's number three. Uh, that's number two. Number three. The Imam leading others in prayer should raise his voice with the salutation except when performing the funeral prayer. He should raise his voice uh, when po- and, uh, he should raise his voice with the salutation except when performing the funeral prayer. Number four, there are a number of ways of giving the salutations. So there are an, a number of ways of doing it. A. A is um, to say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to his right. So he said Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to his right. And then to his left he just says Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. So the first one is Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. That's the first form. Second form is is to say to your right, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. That's the first. 
And then you say to your left, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Both same. The third form is, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Those are the three forms that you could say in. The author, rahimullah, he then mentions uh, to give a single salams facing forwards and turning slightly to the right saying assalamu alaikum that's the fourth form the fourth form that the author rahimahullah mentioned is the fourth one is the person he says um, he says assalamu alaikum and then he slightly turns to his right slightly not fully just slightly turns to his right and that's it the shaykh rahimahullah mentions it here just your right side you don't do anything to your left side. Naam. And the author, rahimahullah, mentioned that this is all what? It's all wajib. <laughs> the author, rahimahullah, he mentions in the final conclusion that all that has been mentioned regarding the Prophet's prayer described applies equally to men and women. And there is nothing in the sunnah to necessitate the exception of women from any of these descriptions. In fact, the generality of his statements, pray as you have seen me pray, includes women. This is the view of Ibrahim al nakhai who said, a woman's action in the prayer are the same as a man's, transmitted by Ibn Abi Shayba with a sahih sanad from him. The hadith about indimam, al marati fi sujood, which is tuckling, tucking up, like the Hanafiya do, of a woman in prostration. And you tend to see that a lot, that in the Indo-Pak community, they believe that the woman should tuck herself in, she shouldn't spread herself out on her hands and everything like that, um, because she's a woman and she shouldn't be doing that, and the men are the only ones that should be doing that. Sheikh Nasir, rahimahullah, he says, the hadith of indimam, tucking up of a woman in prostration, uh, he says, this hadith, and that the woman is not like the man in this issue, is mursalul la hujjata fihi. This hadith is a mursal. It's da'if, it's not authentic. Abu Dawood transmitted it in his kitab, Marasil, on the authority of Yazid ibn Abi Habib. And he, and he is transmitted in al-da'if. Uh, al-da'if. Yazid ibn Abi Habib. وَأَمَّا مَا رَوَاهُ الْإِمَامُ أَحْمَدُ فِي مَسَائِلِ ابْنِ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ عَنْهُ And as, as for what has been transmitted from Imam Ahmed that reports from him through his son, Abdullah, and Umar, أَنَّهُ كَانَ يَأْمُرُ النِّسَاءَ يَتَرَبَّعْنَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ That Umar عنه, used to command the women, he used to command uh, his wives uh, to sit cross-legged in prayer. It is a uh, hadith or an athar, his chain of narration is also weak. The reason is because Abdullah ibn Umar al-Umari is in there and is a weak person. As for what Imam al-Bukhari narrated in his tarikh al-Saghir with a authentic chain and Umm darda from our mother Umm darda that she used to sit in her prayer just as a, a, as a man sits and she was a woman of understanding. Sheikh Nasir says, وَكَانَتْ فَقِيهَا This is an, a proof. الرجولي, she used to pray like the man. She used to do the sitting of the men. She used to sit exactly like a man. 
وَكَانَتْ فَقِيهَةً Bukhari narrated that she was a she was a woman of understanding. And then the author, rahimahullah, he says, this is the last of what has been possible to compile regarding the description of the Prophet's prayer from the takbir to the taslim. I hope that Allah will make it sincerely for his face, full of honor and a guide to the sunnah. And his kind and merciful prophets, um, glorified be Allah and praised. Glorified be you, O Allah, and praised. I bear witness that there is none true God except you. I seek forgiveness from you and repent to you. O Allah, send prayers on Muhammad and on the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And send blessings on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and on the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as you send prayers on Ibrahim alayhi salam and the family of Ibrahim alayhi salam you are indeed worthy of praise full of glory so the kitab of Sheikh Muhammad Nasiruddin al-Albani Sifatu Salatin Nabi min at-takbir ila at-taslim ka'annaka taraha we finished it there I do want to say that this book is a very big book uh, even though it looks very small there are many things that the author rahimahullah mentioned in there that really required more details, more explanation, more commentary, yani looking more into it. Um, uh, when I took this book, I remember the hours that we took it in originally when we t- studied with the Shaykh was over 50 hours. Yani 50 hours of studying this book. Okay? And uh, I haven't even done half of that. Yani I only had five days, which were two hours, taqriban, uh, average. So we're talking about uh, 10 hours so you can imagine 10 hours what was taught in 50 hours plus I, I remember it was nearly 60 hours of studying this book and 10 hours so you can see the difference it's a book that should have gone on for a long long time by itself but again it's a dawra ilmiya it's just to give you the summary and the khulasa of this uh, chapter um, Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan and Allah and His Messenger are both free from it. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atubu layt.